Hello and welcome to A Darker Shade of Pink podcast. I'm Mary O'Brien, a social worker, individual and group psychotherapist and co-director of the Advanced Breast Cancer Group. And I'm Pia Hirsch. I'm an occupational therapist, I'm a group and individual psychotherapist and I run the service with Mary as a therapist and a co-director. For over 20 years, we've been running a professionally-led support group for women living with metastatic breast cancer throughout Queensland. There are many peer-led support groups for women with breast cancer in Australia, often associated with the colour pink and linked to fundraising and public awareness campaigns. But there are relatively few support groups specifically for women living with metastatic or advanced breast cancer in Australia. We are one of only a small number of professionally-led groups supporting these women. Now we want to pass on the knowledge we've gathered over the past 20 years. We've learned so much from these women about how to cope with the diagnosis and the realities of living with metastatic breast cancer. A Darker Shade of Pink is the story of the evolution of the Advanced Breast Cancer Group. This is episode 15, The Impact of COVID. Now that we're supposed to be living with COVID, and our memories of social distancing, mask mandates and border closures have faded, not to mention the huge loss of life that has occurred throughout the pandemic and is still occurring. It might seem strange to reflect on the impact of COVID on the group in this series. However, we do feel it is worth remembering. As we came close to finishing writing our book, A Darker Shade of Pink, the COVID-19 pandemic was beginning to sweep across Australia. Once the reality of the pandemic became clearer, things moved very quickly across the country and in our group. In early March 2020, we were still planning our May workshop, and by mid-March, we had moved the group to the telephone and stopped face-to-face contact between us altogether. In many ways, this was a simple thing to do, as the group was set up to use the telephone to cater for women in rural and remote areas and for those not able to come in person. So in practical terms, it was easily managed. What was not so simple was managing the impact of this change. There was advice that people with cancer are more vulnerable to developing serious illness if they contracted the virus. So for many women to be at home in a safe space was comforting. Yet it also emphasised the dangers inherent in the pandemic. It has also meant that women were not able to meet face to face both in the group or before and after it. Brisbane women had started meeting for lunch or coffee before or after the group, and this was now lost. On the other hand, women who usually phoned in started to feel more connected, part of the whole, rather than the women on the phone. Without doubt, it is simpler to pick up the phone or log on to a computer than to get in the car or bus and travel to a meeting. However, there is the loss of meeting with others face to face, and of being out and about in the community. This loss obviously includes time with family and close friends. And for those with a more acute sense of the importance of time and the fact that it is limited, this loss is more painful. Some women said that they would rather spend the time they have with family, enjoying new grandchildren, continuing their routines and rhythms, and would take their chances with the virus, knowing they're going to die sooner than they'd wished anyway. For them, the virus and the pandemic have become simply another risk, part of the gamut of risk that is their daily life. Others accepted the restrictions imposed by social or physical distancing and found new ways of connecting virtually. 
but nevertheless felt the loss of their usual interaction with others. The planned May workshop was a casualty of the pandemic, much to the disappointment of all of us involved. Workshops are a time where women are able to get together to meet one another and meet the family members of the women in the group. As we've described in the book, they're an enjoyable and valued event, and the impact of losing this opportunity to meet has been significant. We were struck by the similarity between the experience of living in a global pandemic and the experience of the women in the group and of everyone living with metastatic cancer. They are both events that arrive with little warning, a threat to life and with no cure. The sense of a lurking danger, of fear of a symptom that at any other time would be dismissed as part of the everyday, and which in this context may be the signal of some disease, this is the day-to-day experience of the women in our group. The weariness of the ongoing and ever-present anxiety that becomes part of daily life. The increased fear of other people who may carry a capacity to infect. The wariness of new environments. These were, and to some extent still are, the global and daily fact of life for us all. To give a sense of how the impact of the virus was felt in the group, it seems helpful to recount how things evolved from early March 2020. On the 11th of March, one woman who had only recently joined the group, speaking over the telephone, asked if anyone's oncologist had talked with them about their increased risk of contracting the virus, given their compromised immune systems. No one reported receiving any warnings. This woman sounded frightened, thinking about the added risk she could be facing given she was already struggling to defend herself against metastatic cancer. Another new member of the same group who was there in person was only 30. She talked of how shocking it was to discover that her body could be full of cancer without her knowing. She felt the cancer was like a thief in the night. It seemed to us as the days and weeks passed that this novel coronavirus had crept up on us all like a thief in the night transporting us to a surreal and unfamiliar landscape where our whole life would be turned upside down, not unlike a cancer diagnosis, particularly a diagnosis of metastatic cancer. At the end of that group, the young woman asked if she could bring her well-behaved puppy to the next group. It was as if she was wanting to bring something soft and comforting into the room to help ward off the frightening and potentially overwhelming feelings stirred up by the threat of this deadly cancer in her body. We asked if we could think about her request. However, within a week, as social distancing measures were being put in place to protect against the spread of the virus, we had decided to only offer the group by telephone. The following week, 17th of March, I was sick with a sore throat and did not attend the group. I went to the doctor for testing only to be told that I was ineligible, as I had not had contact with anyone who'd recently returned from overseas or who had tested positive for it. Pierre and I both started working from home, so even we were not in the room together for the group. By the 24th of March, social distancing was in place for everyone, so the decision to offer the group only by telephone for the foreseeable future was endorsed officially. Talk of the virus has featured in every group since then, up to the time of writing. Women talked about the impact on their everyday lives. For some, it meant distance from family and friends, including grandchildren. 
Some women pushed back against the restrictions and continued to see their children and grandchildren, feeling that not knowing how long they might live or how long the threat of the virus might persist, they would rather maintain contact than risk never seeing them again. Others adapted to the restrictions, organising celebratory dinner parties with families by video. One woman just managed to squeeze in a short holiday in Tasmania with her husband before things escalated and the state borders closed. Another had to cancel her trip to Tasmania, which was due to start the following day. Women talked about the change to treatment protocols due to the virus, only going to hospital or treatment centres if they were having treatment or a particular procedure. Some women spoke of only seeing their oncologist by telephone and their concerns of being out of sight, out of mind. Others appreciated not having to go into the hospital, paying expensive parking fees and not having to wait in crowded oncology waiting rooms. One woman talked about feeling anxious and less in control of her life with all the added uncertainty due to the virus. Another woman joked that that was the first mistake, thinking you were in control. Another light relief came in the form of talk about finally being able to buy toilet paper after several weeks of trying and getting down to the last two rolls. Someone talked about dropping their phone in a paddock and in an effort to dry it out, putting it in a bowl of rice, which did the trick, except for some rice grains managing to get stuck inside the phone. This evoked the response, lucky to have rice. Other serious concerns about the virus were also raised in the group, including the horror surrounding the toll on human life around the world. Closer to home, some women worried about tough decisions that might have to be made about who will have access to treatment and whether, as cancer patients, they may have less priority than younger, healthier patients. In August 2020, we moved to deliver the group exclusively by video conference after discussing the transition over several weeks and trialling it with some women in the group to test the technology. It has proved to be a great success, although some women periodically ask about when we might be able to return to meeting in person. At the time of making this series, we continue to deliver the group by video conference, and it is unclear if we will resume face-to-face group meetings. Being able to see everyone on Zoom seems more equitable than returning to a hybrid model of some women in the room and others joining virtually. We had our first face-to-face workshop in March 2023 after a four-year gap and intend to hold another one in October. We rather idealistically hoped that the experience of the pandemic would lead to a different world and way of life and that we wouldn't go back to the usual way of doing things as a society. We imagined that the experience of people living with metastatic cancer or indeed any life-threatening illness, will be viewed with greater understanding and compassion following our shared experience of the threat of COVID-19. It's perhaps not surprising that things so easily slip back to pre-pandemic times and our preoccupations revert to the old familiar ones. This is the last episode of the series, A Darker Shade of Pink. We hope you found it helpful. A Darker Shade of Pink is based on the book of the same name, written by Mary O'Brien and Pia Hirsch. Podcast produced and engineered by Guy Mansfield at Block Media Brisbane. For access to the book and a host of information and content, 
including our documentaries and numerous videos, please go to the Advanced Breast Cancer Group website. That's abcg.org.au. If you found this podcast helpful, please like and share. Thanks for listening.